Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, and welcome to the Stanton Law Podcast, where we discuss a wide range of issues facing businesses as they grow and scale. I'm your host, Josh Joel, counsel at Stanton Law. On today's podcast, I have with me my friend, Ramona Cedinho, who is a founder and CEO of Fibric, which is a financial services company that provides accounting and financial advisory to startups and businesses as a scale. As you can imagine, given the work that I do, Ramona and I have a lot in common in terms of the clients we work with and the people that we that we spend our day helping out resolve their needs. So I wanted to introduce Ramona to our audience and give her a chance to talk a little bit about herself and her company and what she likes to do. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me on your show. I'm super excited about this conversation. Uh, my name is Ramona Cedeño, like Josh said, and he pronounces my name so well. I am a CPA, I'm a certified financial planner, have a bunch of other licenses and, and uh, uh, the certifications in the finance area. Just love numbers, love accounting, finance, and helping others understand their numbers, use their numbers to grow their businesses, to improve their personal lives. And Fibrix started from that need to help small business owners and mid-sized companies to really get to the bottom of their finances, the financial performance of their businesses, and really understand where their business is and where their business is going. And we do this through uh, bookkeeping services, tax planning, and fractional CFO services. Uh, the team, our team is growing. The idea is to have everyone on the team be really Align with our values, which are to build community, empower our clients, and also empower others in within the company and help everyone uh, help each other. So we help you help others. And, and that's that's part of the value that we bring to the, the clients. We learn every day. We teach others every day. And the goal is really to use numbers, use accounting, use the tax laws to improve um, our lives and the lives of our clients from a business perspective and personal. So it's interesting, Ramona, because typically when we think about like the pencil pushing accountants, uh, you don't typically hear that one of the values of the firm is community and making people's lives better. And I know when you and I first met, that really resonated with me because I'm a pencil pushing lawyer <laughs> at the end of the day. And most people don't think about the fact that as accountants, lawyers, we lose sight of the fact that we're actually in this profession to help people and to resolve their problems and take their worries away. And so it was very enlightening for me to, to meet you and to learn about the way that you operate your practice, because it certainly is very distinct uh, from your average accounting firm or fractional CFO practice, because you have a why of what you want to do, which is to really make people's lives better, which is very consistent with what we do here at Stanton Law. So I'm really excited uh, to have you on the program. I wanted to go a little bit uh, more specific into how Fibric and you uh, make uh, people's lives better in their small businesses and the startups and in the startup world. And specifically, I don't know much personally about finances. You said you love numbers. You put numbers in a spreadsheet in front of me. 
my brain turns off. Don't, don't tell my clients that or if they're listening, but my brain turns off. And so I'm really interested to hear a little bit from you about some of the issues that you see coming up with respect to smaller companies as they start to scale on the financial side, because that's not something that I, I have a lot of exposure to. So let's talk a little bit about the big issues. What would you consider to be the biggest issues or mistakes that a small business, they want to scale, they want to grow. What is the biggest mistakes that they make when it comes to their finances? I mean, most of the people that come across our office, now virtual office, have this sense of overwhelm and lack of clarity when it comes to finance matters. And I believe that the more we think that we can do something, the more we push it away. And that creates a lot of issues for small business owners and uh, early stage startups because they are so focused on the, the growing the business from a you know subscriber's perspective, users, uh, who is my client, and they lose track of the finances. We are in business to do, to do well. We are in business to become profitable, to grow, to scale. You cannot do any of that without understanding how the business is doing. And I think that in, in a lot of times because business owners are afraid to confront what's happening from a finance perspective, they put it off and they don't focus on it. And by the time they realize that, well, I haven't looked at whether I'm making money or not, or whether my company, my products are profitable, whether I'm overpaying or underpaying somewhere. And by the time they, they realize that this is the case, it's a little late um, to kind of recover from that, in some cases, we we have seen this happen. Uh, so one of the you know one of the challenges is on making them understand that this is a priority. Financial analysis, financial reporting, focusing on what numbers, the numbers that matter for their businesses. And if they cannot do it themselves, is finding help and finding that help early enough to prevent the issues that we might see in the future. So it seems very consistent with what I see in my practice with respect to uh, small businesses and scaling startups when it comes to legal issues. Uh, and it seems very consistent that we want these businesses to focus on the bottom line and to making sales, bringing in cash, doing what they need to do to grow their business. But it's really interesting for me to hear from you because ultimately you're dealing with the finances. And I would think, that, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, that if a company's not making money, uh, the, the founders would know that or would, re- or would realize that. And so it's interesting to me to hear that that, uh, that is a challenge that you see with these, these small business owners. So maybe you can describe a little bit more about a circumstance or an example of where a company looks like things are going well and they're building their, their, their business and building sales, but yet their lack of attention to financial issues or, or compliance uh, actually belies maybe some rot or some issue that's underneath the surface. That's, I have two, two examples. So we have the startup that is making sales, but it's losing money because they are in a growth stage, right? So they, are, they have funds from their investors or they self-funded. They have some sales, but they, the, money, the company is burning cash. And because it's at a loss, you don't really know how much is a loss because the company is not generating enough income versus you are over investing, right? And and looking at the numbers from a 
the P&L perspective, organizing your, your income statements and identifying um, where you have an expense that is necessary for the business, for the day-to-day operations versus an expense that is an investment for something that's going to happen in the future, you can see this unless you organize the finances and unless you study them and you make assumptions and you understand why something happened and whether you need to continue to invest in that area. So a lot of times when a, a tech founder or any any business that's early stage and is a scaling business, uh, when they're losing money, okay, we're burning cash. Our net cash burn is $400,000 a month, is $200,000 a month. But what is the makeup of that? What is What is causing that loss? It's important to understand what it is because if you don't, Months will go by and this is going to continue to accumulate. And by the time you look back again, like I said before, it might be a little late. It's really hard to, you know, recover from something that you can, you know, that, that is that deep. Then you have the other type of business where is the cash business. They look at the bank account. The bank account has all this money and they think they're making money, but they forget that they injected some cash into the account. So it's their money that's sitting in the bank account <laughs> or they got a loan and, and they think they're making money, but the bank account doesn't tell us really whether the business is making money. And I see, I get a lot of that from clients saying, oh yes, I have my bank account shows $200,000. And I ask the question, so is that all net income? And you haven't put any money in, no loans from anyone. Um, you know, so, and they they freeze for a minute because, or for a second, because it's like, oh, actually, I got the PPP loan, so that's what <laughs> that probably is. <laughs> Interesting. You know, it's it's funny because uh, again, folks, they just want to focus on building their business, and they don't always know what they're looking at or or why things are the way they are. How how do how does tax compliance fit into this equation? I know that I'm sure the tax code is probably more complicated than a lot of the legal uh, codes that I look at. But in terms of tax compliance, uh, startups, small businesses, scaling businesses, um, what do they need to know or where the, where do they need to look when it comes to making sure that they're compliant with their taxes? You know, it's, it's interesting because uh, when you're losing money or your business is losing money, you might think that you don't have tax compliance requirements because you don't owe anyone anything. But there are penalties for not filing taxes. There are penalties for not reporting certain things, especially if you have ownership in for, uh, the company in foreign countries or you have subsidiaries in the U.S. or foreign entities. There are a lot of requirements to report these things and the penalties can be very hefty. So I think that the important thing is to always be in compliance because if you're not in compliance with tax filings, you end up losing money because you have to pay someone now penalties for not doing that timely. And so tax planning is is a, is a twofold. One is preventing um, preventing overpaying by planning ahead and making sure that you are saving and you are deferring income or accelerating expenses so that your taxes are lower. But also um, avoiding the non-compliance penalties that can come with 
you know, going kind of putting things off because you don't want to deal with it. So some of the things that uh, business owners should be mindful of is making sure that they are filing income tax on time, that they, if they have employees, their payroll compliance, uh, payroll tax compliance is not, you know, all pretty tight, um, that your 1099 contractors are really 1099, they're not employees, like misclassified as 1099s, and, and ensuring that sales taxes and, and other filing requirements with the Delaware franchise tax, that everything is in order. So there is a, a kind of a long checklist of things that I, I would like business owners out there to to go through and, and make sure that they are in line with everything. And um, they can do this um, on their own, but it's not going to be fun. So <laughs> always talk to your tax advisor and ask them to really help you with uh, figuring out what is it that you have to do. Especially a tax advisor or a fractional CFO or an accountant who has in their head that they want to make their lives better (laughs) (laughs) is definitely going to be much better than the boring pencil pushers. So let's, let's, let's maybe throw out a bad word out there, which I think is a concern for a lot of people, which is cash flow. Um, I know that, that for a lot of small businesses, cash flow is, is very often an issue. And you kind of mentioned earlier before, um, how a company can have $200,000 in the bank and, and think that they're doing really well, the money's sitting in the bank. And meanwhile, they have some sort of awful cash flow issue. So, um, talk a little bit about mistakes or issues you see with small businesses and and their cash flow. The the main mistake I think is not planning, and planning planning is the word that I use a lot because I, I always say that um, you know every, anytime someone tells me you have to live in the present, I contradict them. I'm like, yeah, I live in the present, but for my cash, I live in the future. You know, <laughs> I want I don't, I don't want surprises. Five, five months, six months, a year from now at the personal level, business level. So planning is key. And that's the mistake that a lot of business owners make is that not planning. And what does planning look like when it comes to cash flow? Is trying to forecast, project, estimate how much, how much cash you need for the next 12 months. And where is that cash coming from? So f- cash forecasting or cash planning is going to be a product of different things. You have to, of course, forecast your income statements and any capital investments that you may be thinking of. And, and when you have an estimate for those two, then you can move on to the cash forecasting and planning. And it's important to know how much you're going to need for the next six months, for the next year. Where is that cash coming from? Is the company generating enough to fulfill your cash needs? Or do you need to get funding from other sources? Early stage startups are going to need funding from investors or convertible notes. Um, Non-VC um, focused companies will might need a loan from their bank, but it's important to understand what are their cash needs, where the funds are coming from, and if you are borrowing or taking other people's money through equity investment, understand how you're going to pay that back and give that back to to the investors or the bank because I don't want you guys to get into debt. And then they'll be able to pay it back. So there has to be a good plan to show that, yes, we need this bridge loan. We need this investment to grow the company. And this is how we're going to get the money back to pay the loan or to give our investors the return on investment. And I imagine for a lot of startups, that's actually a very difficult process to go through because you don't know necessarily what your cash flow is going to look like. Never mind six months from now, two weeks from now. 
you don't know if your idea is going to be successful, if it's not going to be successful. So how does a, a business that's kind of just starting out, the early stage startup, how do they even figure out what that cash flow projection might be? Yes, projections for income statement and cash must be based on assumptions that seem or should, you know, are pretty close to, to being, um, what do we say, what we call them, uh, uh, strong assumptions, valid assumptions, uh, substantiated assumptions. So it's something where you have done a lot of research. You know that you know, your product is, is a viable product. You have a plan to go to market. You have a plan to market it. You have other competitors that you, you have seen, you know, go through this process. So there has to be some expectations that your assumptions will come true. If you're going to grow revenue by 10% or 50% or 100% next year, what is the reason behind that? How can you feel comfortable that, that it will happen? So, you know, you're right, Josh, it's really hard to predict the future. It's hard to come near our estimates. Uh, you know, there is always a gap between what we thought was going to happen and what really happens. But there has to be some valid assumption there in order for you to put together your financial, uh, your cash flow needs and your financial projections. And at the end of the day, there is going to be this room for, you know, this gap, this room for error. But some there has to be some reason behind everything that we estimate and and once you have that then the best thing you can do is is to estimate your cash base on that i hope that you come close to to the estimates that you came up with so let me let me shift gears a little bit and talk about another big uh issue that's on the minds of most um startups as they're kind of growing which is what we're talking about today which is money and finding money, um, fundraising, acquisitions, these kind of things, ways that that founders can actually get some money in the bank to build their business. What are the things that a early stage startup needs to be doing to prepare themselves uh, for that fundraising and getting money in the door? I always say that I want my clients to run their businesses as if they were going to sell it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So always be ready for invest uh, an investor to come in and, and give you some cash. Always be ready for someone to buy your company if that's where you want to go or to get a loan. And how do you get ready? Um, you want to grow your customer base. Yes, you want to have tight financials. Uh, continuously look at how much you're investing in the business, spending in the business, and what are those KPIs, key performance indicators, telling you about your business. Um, there are just some things that investors and banks and um, other stakeholders are going to be looking. Is growth? How is your business growing? What are your gross margin? How much are you? How much are you bringing in revenue versus your cost of sales? Um, what is your net profit? How are your expense ratios compared to revenue? So looking at the business, and uh, yes, as a finance person, of course, I'm going to tell you all this, right? <laughs> Um, but this is, I hope that you, uh, you know, you are as passionate as I am about your business numbers. Um, but yes, looking at what are the KPIs telling you about your business and changing the course of the business based on that. If you need to grow faster, what do you need to do to make that happen? If you're overspending in, in payroll, what should we do to not 
necessarily let people go, but maybe we can find other functions for them that they can help with. Um, so running the business uh, to be loan ready and to be funding ready is making sure those financials are telling the story that makes your business appealing to an investor or a bank and really focusing on shifting gears as things need improvement. Don't sit there for two years, just go let time, letting time go by and not doing anything. And then one day when you realize that you want funding, then uh, it's when you start preparing for that. You know, it's always better to be proactive. So uh, moving on to uh, the question when a, a company is uh, taking all these steps uh, to put their finances in order in order to prepare for fundraising or for an acquisition or debt financing or something like that, they obviously need the right partners, not just for that, but for anything to be able to get uh, themselves in place to be able to get there. So they need a good finance team, but most small businesses don't have the resources in order to be able to put an appropriate finance team in place. And therefore, they end up making mistakes, just like they make mistakes with legal issues because they can't have an in-house counsel. And so maybe you could talk and you can shamelessly plug yourself over here if you want, but maybe talk a little bit about the about the value of putting and how they can take the steps and efforts to put an appropriate finance team in place. Sure. And I always want business owners to work with the best fit for their businesses and for themselves. You know, not everyone is going to be the right provider for you, the right advisor. I love to work with uh, founders that are energetic and very motivated to grow their businesses. I like that they listen to our feedback and that they like to work in a collaborative way with us. And sometimes that's not a fit for some business owners, right? But always find someone who fits your style, your personality, and your the, ne- the energy that you have and the energy of your business and find someone who can do as much as possible, but do it well. Um, someone who says, yes, I can do taxes and I can also do bookkeeping and I can also do fractional CFO, but doesn't have the experience to show it and doesn't have the clients that show that they can do that. Maybe they don't really do all of that. And sometimes it's not going to make sense. Sometimes you need a a tax expert that specializes in media, but maybe they have not done uh, bookkeeping for the media industry. You might have to separate it. It's always better to combine the the services and the expertise if you can, um, but don't settle for someone just just because you don't have enough time to search for that person. Um, We... Uh, I, I personally was a controller for many years. I have been a fractional CFO. I have done a ton of tax work. So I'm the full package, the complete package. <laughs> I, I have to, you know, give myself a little bit of pat on the back if you can, if you can see me on camera. But it, it took a lot of work to get there. And there, I know there are a lot of CPAs and attorneys that do cover a lot of areas and just make sure that they do it well and they have the experience you know, to back them up. And always, I think it's always best to hear someone who says, no, I cannot do that. I can, you know, I'm not a payroll expert. I, I want to put you in contact with someone. I think that is a, a better response than someone who can do it all. If you are very small and you cannot have an all-in-one talk to the person that you're trying to work with to see how they can scope down uh, the services, but still work with you as you grow. That's, that's, that's really interesting because, uh, you know, you, we don't typically think about that is that you could potentially have someone 
ad- admit or concede the fact that they don't necessarily know everything and also work with you to scale down what they're offering in order to have uh, a better uh, a better service provided, at least do something rather than nothing uh, and maybe strate- invest strategically in your financial advisory as opposed to just saying, well, I, I can't do it because I have no idea which way to turn. So before I get to my, my closing uh, remarks, I'm curious if you have any kind of parting thoughts or, or last comments that you would want to make to the startups out there, the small business owners that are struggling you know, about what they should be thinking about and doing um, as they start to scale their business from the financial perspective. Yes, I definitely want to share one last thought, and that is that you know, there is the statistics about businesses that fail because of lack of financial management, lack of capital are very scary. So be proactive. Start on your own. Do some research yourself if you don't have a partner yet. Um, Focus on the financials. Make this a priority and then find the help that you need to to make this really an area where you don't have to worry about where it stands. You should always know exactly where your numbers are, what the numbers are telling you, where the business is going. And that's something that you can do very easily with the right support. So it's all about uh, strategic thinking. So uh, in in closing, Ramona, I like to uh, kind of surprise my guests with a final question. This is going to be a, a, an easy one for you. And I've trolled your social media as I tend to do your LinkedIn, which is very active. And by the way, if you want a lot of great information about finances and great information about uh, how to how to set up your finances and everything else uh, for anything for small businesses, certainly reach out to Ramona and follow her on LinkedIn because she has she posts really great content. But you posted about two weeks ago, the Friday with the Fibric team. And you said you asked people on your team the following question. My perfect day would start with a blank and end with a blank. And you quoted Sarah Kelly, who is your senior accountant. She said that her perfect day starts with a cup of hot coffee and a bubble bath. So I'm going to ask you, Ramona, your perfect day starts with a blank and ends with a blank. What fill in the blanks? Sam, my youngest son, saying mama as the first thing in the morning, saying hello to me and giving me a hug and a kiss. And I have two sons, but I love, I love, he's the one that lives with me. So I love hearing him in the morning saying, Hola, mama. Hi, mom. And giving me a hug and a kiss. And it ends with a nice, uh, light-hearted show uh, that I watch, uh, whatever series I'm watching uh, that week. And I just love watching some crime series or romantic uh, series. So that's how my day ends. So what are you watching this week? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm watching uh, New Girl. (laughs) New Girl and... uh, and uh, I sometimes switch between, depending on the series, on the, on the show, not the show, the network. So New Girl on, on uh, Netflix and on Prime, I was watching Blue Bloods. <laughs> well, I haven't seen either one, so uh, I'll have to check that out. But Ramona, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate uh, you joining us and um, look forward to continuing uh, our relationship and partnering with you in terms of Uh, the folks that you serve, because I just love the way you think about the world and think about small businesses. It is definitely something that is different uh, than your average financial professional out there. So it's, it's, it's so great to talk to you. Thank you, Josh. So happy to have been here with you and look forward to continuing collaborating. You have been listening to the Stanton Law Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get notifications of new episodes. Also, Follow me, Josh Joel, on LinkedIn, where I post a wide range of updates on various topics facing businesses as they scale. 
If you want to discuss anything that we talked about today, please feel free to reach out and email me directly at josh.joel at stantonlawllc.com. Please be reminded that the information we discussed today is informational and not legal advice. If you have any specific legal questions or are looking for more information about any of the topics we discussed, please reach out to us or visit our website at www.stantonlawllc.com.